month is a great month. It is special. You want to know why? Can't say it too loud. Have to whisper it, maybe. It's my birthday. Yeah, it's my birthday this month. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know, I know. I'm a grown man, or at least I pretend to be. And, you know, as much as I might tell you that I don't really care if anybody acknowledges or celebrates my birthday, I really do. (laughs) Right? And I will gladly receive a gift from you, even though I might say, oh, you really shouldn't have. You didn't need to get me anything. But inwardly, I'm thinking, thank you. I'll take that. Right? We, we like to celebrate. I, I want the party. I want the celebration. Because it is fun to celebrate. You like to celebrate too. I know you do because you will search as you're typing on your keyboard that text to your friend or your sister on their special day and you're going to find every single party emoji you can put on there. Or you'll take an extra five minutes to find the perfect gif, you know, like the moving images. So you can attach that to that message and get them to laugh and smile and make sure that they know that you care, you remembered their special day. You know, I just walk through the halls of our academy here for a week of school, and I guarantee you'll find plenty of evidence of celebration. Balloons in a classroom, or maybe it's those super vibrant blue, red, green frosted cupcakes that the kids bring to school, right? And as adults, we're worried about the stains that show up on our teeth and our lips, but the kids are like, nah, dude, just give me the sugar. I want to celebrate, right? They don't care because they want to celebrate. And you see those children as they walk in the doors on those days, the smiles that spread across their faces, they are much bigger because it's their birthday and they get to celebrate. But you don't have to work at a school to know that. Have you ever been invited to a one-year-old's birthday party? Like, that is insane. It gets wild. Kid doesn't have a clue what's going on, but Amazon or Hobby Lobby have completely redecorated the house according to whatever clever theme they've come up with. And there's like the $100 professionally baked frosted cake that the little guy's just going to destroy with his hands, but... And we love to celebrate. Or a 40th, or a 50th, or a 90th birthday party. Those are fantastic celebrations. But why? Now what, what do we celebrate? I thought about that question this week, and I think that there are some good and godly reasons that we can celebrate in, in those moments. We celebrate the displays of God's grace in that person's life throughout their years and, and through another year. We celebrate the milestones that God blesses us to reach. And so there's reasons, good and godly reasons, for us to celebrate with joy and excitement. 
But dear friends, what I want to ask you today is do we celebrate Jesus' mission with the same kind of enthusiasm? Do we celebrate the displays of God's grace that we see there? Do we celebrate the successes of this mission? Do we celebrate the harvest that is reaped as gospel seeds are planted and nurtured in people's hearts? Do we celebrate and joyfully recognize the milestones of this mission to which Jesus has called us? Now, I'm not telling you that next week you better bring some really bright blue frosted cupcakes for me. But I am asking if, if we really celebrate this, if we recognize it, because I don't know that I've seen the same kind of enthusiasm in worship or in discussions about this mission as I've experienced at a birthday party. Is Jesus' mission to make disciples, is it something that is worth celebrating? I mean, as you think about that, which celebration really should be bigger? Now, don't get me wrong, I think it's awesome that we celebrate when, when little Johnny has lived for the 12, first 12 months of his life. He's turning a year old, or Samantha is three, or Bernice is 90 years old. Like, those are awesome celebrations to have. But do we also celebrate the things that are eternal? That go beyond our years? And if we don't, have we truly grasped how massive, how big this mission that Jesus has given to us truly is? Do we recognize that when we go with the gospel and our different callings, our, our vocations that we have, and we teach and instruct our, our children, and we love our neighbors, that that makes an eternal and everlasting impact? Do you understand the difference that the gospel makes? That it doesn't just change one day for a person, but it changes their entire life and even beyond and so let's not fail to see the impact of Jesus' mission. Let's not become blind to the displays of God's grace that you witness in your church, in your family, and in your community. Let's not miss the milestones of this mission. Let's not lose sight of the miracle that it is when water is splashed on someone's forehead in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and that triune God reclaims that soul from death to life. Let's not fail to recognize the miracle that is present when Jesus himself presents his body and blood in and with bread and wine for the eternal forgiveness of your sins. You know, could it be that we don't cherish the displays of God's grace, the gifts of his grace that he's given to us because we've become too wrapped up 
in our schedules, in our activities, and, and temporary joys have stolen away the joy that we find in what is eternal and everlasting in nature. And maybe you fall into the same trap that I do. Man, it was a great Sunday. 90 people were in worship, but I wanted 110. And then when 150 show up, well, I'd love to see 200. And even if a thousand people gathered to, to worship and to hear about God and his word, gathered around God's word and experience his love and joy and goodness, would I still celebrate rightly? It's my sinful nature that sours my satisfaction. My rational mind and heart that is constantly looking for more. More children in the kids' ministry. More people at worship. More people serving, giving of their time. More, more people being generous with their finances so that there's more money in the offering so that we can do more ministry and all of that is good and, and right. It can be righteous to have those desires for more, for the glory of Christ and his kingdom, unless it keeps us from celebrating the glory of Christ and his kingdom that we experience right now. Then it's no longer a righteous desire. Dear brothers and sisters, has Satan somehow convinced us that this mission isn't worth celebrating? Has he sold us on the lie that we're still losing this spiritual war that we're in? Or tricked us into thinking that the successes that we see of Jesus' gospel and the successes of this mission, that really, they're trivial. Because he got us to think that it's a lost cause. And I pray, I pray that Satan has not tricked my heart or yours. Because if Satan has tricked our hearts into thinking that there's nothing worth celebrating here, then not only does it take away our joy and steal that from us, but it also steals our motivation for this mission. And so I pray that we don't allow Satan to steal our joy because there is so much for which to be thankful and joyful. There is so much to celebrate I want you to take a look at what Jesus says and the directions that he gives in this mission once again. As he says, go and make disciples of all nations. And Jesus' words, all nations, they anticipate and predict things worth celebrating. Now Jesus' words there, they anticipated the explosive growth of the gospel in the early Christian church. That there would be people from all kinds of cultures and ethnicities and places and languages who would come to know and trust in him as their savior. 
who, who would discover that faith they could have in all that he has done, that his sacrificial death and his resurrected life, that that was now their own. He anticipated the numerous, countless crowds who would come to believe in him and have their lives changed for all eternity. He predicted the far-reaching global effects of this mission. He anticipated and he predicted and he celebrated the things that the gospel would do. Reasons for you and I also to celebrate. And he still predicts and anticipates those same things today. Jesus also anticipated your own salvation. Jesus has always been interested in joyfully celebrating you. Because whether you remember it or not, once you were far away from Jesus, once you walked a different path, and whether you just didn't know about Jesus or if you deliberately chose to have nothing to do with him, still at some point, Jesus' love and grace entered into your heart and changed your life. And do you know what Jesus did then? He celebrated. And he wrote your book in his, your name in his book of life, and he put a thousand party emojis after it. And he called the angels over and he said, we got to celebrate. Let's dance and sing and shout for joy. Because you you were now once again a dear child of God. Because you knew the freeing truth of his forgiveness and grace. Jesus celebrated you. He celebrated when that water was splashed on your head and the Holy Spirit entered into your heart He shouted from the sidelines and he cheered on those friends who spoke to you the simple but profound message of Jesus' undying love. He celebrated how your life was changed by his grace. He watched excitedly as that seed was planted into your heart, as it was nurtured and it grew into a robust faith that trusts in him. But I want you to think about something. If Jesus hadn't said, go, and those 11 friends of his, those disciples, if they hadn't obeyed, if they hadn't taught in the church, if they hadn't preached, if they didn't go and and baptize, then where would you be right now? And isn't it worth celebrating that that thought that was just in your mind isn't true? So much for us to celebrate. And Jesus celebrates and the angels celebrate and we can celebrate too. Let's celebrate every single person who walks through our doors. 
Let's celebrate every soul that meets Jesus through our work, both personally and what we do corporately as a church. As we go out in our callings, as we show love, as we share the message, let's celebrate every success that the gospel makes, every milestone, every display of God's grace. And that celebration is important because as God's grace works, it's going to bring in people who are like us and people who aren't. Still, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate as the gospel brings in people from different cultures, as it introduces diversity of thoughts and language and ethnicity and, and skin tones into our church family. Let's celebrate when broken, messed up people come to hear of Jesus because we all are broken, messed up people, and we find our greatest joy and our greatest comfort in Jesus Christ. The successes of the gospel, they may challenge us. The success of Jesus' mission may bring changes. Diversity may challenge us. There would be different people who come from different backgrounds and different ways of thinking and different cultural norms and expectations, different thoughts about the, the best path forward. But what unites us is the gospel. And we can change anything and everything that we might do except for that. Except for the gospel and God's word of truth. That's what unites us. And so we don't force our culture on the gospel, but we allow the gospel to create a new and, and a different culture among us. Now, this celebration is so important because celebration becomes motivation. And celebration not only becomes motivation, but it frees us in this mission because we don't just celebrate what happens here. We can celebrate what happens there and there and way over there. We can celebrate what happens on all of our campuses of Divine Savior. We can celebrate what happens through the churches of our fellowship that are united together with us. And even we can celebrate where the gospel is working, even in churches not united with us. We can celebrate even as we pray for greater doctrinal clarity. And that celebration frees us and allows us to have a narrow focus to our mission. We have an amazing academy that becomes a fantastic platform for us to reach out into our community with the gospel. And it's not about exclusivity, but it's about how that narrow focus allows us to carry out our mission to the best of our abilities. To reach the people that God is bringing to our doors. And as we reach them, then also for us to grow ourselves personally to be reaching our friends our neighbors our community 
But as our mission is to make lifelong disciples of Jesus who are equipped to make more disciples. Because Jesus' mission is massive. Maybe think that about our own mission. 5,000 people worshiping across our campuses in 10 years. Maybe that seems massive and daunting and even impossible, but wow, is it going to give us reasons to celebrate? And what if the milestone is different? What if there's only 4,000 people worshiping 10 years from now, or 3,000, or even only 1,000? That's 300 more than right now. 300 more lives changed by the gospel. Reasons to celebrate. And so today I have an invitation for you. I'm going to extend an invitation to you to celebrate with me. Not my birthday. Because that's really not that big of a deal. But to celebrate Jesus' mission and the successes of that mission because that is a very big deal. And if you bring bright blue frosted cupcakes, you'll see blue stained teeth and lips up here in front of you because this truly is worth celebrating. Amen? Amen.